right, guys, uh, and welcome. Thank you guys for joining Dozen in the Morning. I'm here surrounded by uh, many alumni. First of all, we got Eddie, uh, Muchamo, Don Allen, Stevenson, and Sarong Sankar. Uh, good friends at MIDI. Thank you guys for joining. We're just joining uh, in response to this exposed MIDI hashtag going on. But before we even get into that, I just want to know, just catch up with you guys. Just introduce yourselves into my audience and just tell us, you know, who you are and why you're here today. So I'm going to start with you, Eddie, then maybe Don and Sarong, whatever, whatever, whatever the... the Eddie's got to leave, dude. Dude, you're the face and the personality, man. You're so <laughs> I got it. I got it. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Eddie Mutamu, uh, graduated class of 2011 after uh, MIDI went on to Morehouse. Uh, recently started getting into law school. So I did about a semester and a half before that uh, whole pandemic thing just froze that out. Um, but I'm also working in tech, which is another interesting field. And... Uh, just glad to be here and chop it up with the homies one more time. It's always dope. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, I guess I'll go. Uh, my name is Don Allen Stevenson III. Uh, graduated class of 2011 from MIDI. Uh, went on to San Francisco State University, studied broadcasting, and then uh, now I do a lot of digital creation kind of works and um, work in studios for animation. And I love teaching. And uh, yeah, that's me. He is the best VFX artist in the world. On IG. Go on to his IG, Instagram. Go to his at Instagram. Don Allen like, three dude, Don, you put the avatar in a block of ice, right? And you were doing that, like, twisty thing on the... I saw it on your live today. I was just like, yo, dude. Oh, wow. Like, what is, like... <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I, I, I tune in for a second because it's, like, extremely, like, technical. So, like, you know, I'm not going to get anything out of it because, like, I don't even know how to use Photoshop, <laughs> right? So... I like go in. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like, well, all right, back to like, you know, my game or whatever. Like, <laughs> but, um, Thanks a bunch, man. Yeah, it's it's fun. I love doing artwork and creating yeah. stuff. And and I would just be spending all my time focusing on that if there wasn't all the other chaos going on in the world right now, which we'll right. get into in a bit. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Hey everyone, I'm Sarang. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Chidozi. Um. So I'm Archbishop Midi, class of 2012. Uh, from there, I went to USC and studied economics and math. And right now, I just do a little side investing. Cool, cool, dope. Thanks. Yeah, I know I see Sarong is into that cryptocurrency. Uh, I followed his posts, and he's like really on top of it and like trading and stuff like that. So wow. I'm trying to get some knowledge from him as well. Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Knowledge, knowledge is free, bro. Like, you know, money's power. <laughs> so if I can help you, let me help you. That's what's up. All right. Well, I'm going to introduce myself. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Shadozi. I'm also class of 2012 at MIDI. I went on to Santa Clara University, studied biology, worked in pharmaceuticals for a while, then went on to become a teacher. I've been teaching at East Oakland for about two years. You've been teaching um, out in East Oakland? East Oakland. I did not, I did not know that. That's how it's said. That's dope. See, I did a, I did a year teaching in East Palo Alto, so that's <laughs> I, I, similar challenges, but commendable for what you, you stuck yeah. with it, man. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank it's you. Beautiful. Um, so let's, uh, let's, Let's uh, address the situation at hand. So um, we're just going to give um, those who are listening uh, just a quick uh, synopsis. Uh, um, so at our high school, Archbishop Midi is a Catholic high school. Um, recently, it's come under fire for the hashtag exposed media, exposing racism, racism, uh, some pre uh, racism, sexism, and prejudice, all around prejudice in the campus. And Class warfare. Class warfare, obviously. 
And we're going to get into that in a minute. And so I invited these guys, really great guys, to come and speak on their experiences. I'm just trying to show a whole different diversity of what because we're all in we're all in different things at MIDI. Like uh, Sarong was doing his, you know, his uh, you're in your 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 group. I, like, I know you did some debate thing or something. Yeah, like that. I, was, I was like mock. I was like pre law at the time. Then, it's like mock Eddie, trial, yeah. Yeah. Your sports and Don Allen, you're very big on the videos and stuff like that. So you you're very much in student council. So I want to get all your different viewpoints about how it affected you. And and I want you to be able to share those so like people who are listening can have an insight to what was really going on. But and then so we were talking a bit before we started recording. And Eddie, I'm just gonna have you continue what you were saying before, and then we're gonna jump in. Question um, you were asking me, yeah. Because I was interested in what you that if you've had a chance to read the article in the Mercury News, and then compare that to what you saw on Twitter. Mm. And from what I saw, what I saw on Twitter was a hundred times worse than what I saw talked about in the 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 uh, article. Right. Full disclosure, um, I I contributed to that article. I gave a mm. piece in that article. Right. You gave a piece um, to that. I article. gave a piece in that article. Oh, nice. I I said I I, I plainly said you know, for for lack of better words. MIDI is all about revenue generation. So oh, that was you. <laughs> when you have when you have rich kids whose parents are the ones who built the who knows the library, the, the gymnasium, donated five figures to the to the school, and then you have a kid like I don't even mention a name, but just a kid who comes from pretty much nothing. Joe Nobody. Joe Nobody, right? Nobody. Um that kid who <laughs> come from nothing, needs financial aid, that kid's gonna pick up garbage to say he's giving back to the community. Yeah. You know, they're gonna they're gonna put him out there as as this is a shining example of our people of color and minority inclusion. Mm. It's when it benefits them. But if you're someone like see I was an athlete. So what I was getting at was because I was an athlete, I was afforded a number of privileges that I don't think a lot of minority students who didn't, you know, take part in student government or just involved in one of the big name things really um, that generates revenue. Part of right. That yeah. Revenue. Like the football games, it doesn't hit you until you're out. So it's like you have all these people in the stands. Right. That's ten dollars a person. You have basketball. You have all those people in the stands. That's ten dollars a person. Right. We got to make sure that those minority kids who sell out for us on that football field, or that basketball field, make sure that they make it through. That way, when we get our money and we get everything, like they'll be fine. And so I saw more of that picture on Twitter, right? I saw mm-hmm. people really explaining how how dark they felt the racial the racial bias was in in Twitter than when I saw. In the article, the article said a couple things about, you know, people have said things, the people have felt things, but they didn't put a, I'd say, a face to that monster. They just kind of left the monster out there and Mm -hmm. you were to decide with all these kind of somewhat ambiguous terms how exactly they were affecting the children in this way. So um, I don't want to really know from you, you guys. Like, did you guys see the any difference at all? Oh, absolutely. I, I, oh, sorry, you can go. I, I didn't want to um, like uh, I don't want to dox anybody, and I don't want to name any names. But there was a particular trans student from our time mm. at uh, MIDI 
that experienced some probably some of the worst uh, cyber bullying and just bullying in general. Um, and like uh, they gave her a paragraph uh, or two paragraphs or whatever, right. three paragraphs. Right. And it's like some of the most neutered, <laughs> like watered down, sugar coated, like. Like, it's basically like they asked Jim Fallis, like, hey, what's the – how do we uh, <laughs> write this article in a way right. that, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't impact your image or, you know, doesn't wow. the support from the school, you know? Like, this was – yeah. like, uh, the author of this article, Maggie Angst, I have no problem doxing her, like, mm, uh, yeah. do better. <laughs> like, right. Yes. I, I noticed that a lot of the things that were said on Twitter about what some of the teachers said – Especially about like Mr. Acorsi saying that blackface was a good thing. That was crazy. Wait, right. what? Like, you didn't see that in the article. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally imagine him defending blackface because that's how they worded it. He said, sorry, depending, yeah, he was defending white folks that were doing blackface, saying that they were, um, what was the word? Performance they were like, in, like they're flattered by black Performance culture. Performance art. Performance Some, art of this sort, right? Yeah, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you're a history teacher. Exactly. So a lot of stuff that was not in the article. So a lot of the crazy things. Oh right. All the best stuff on Twitter was not in the article. Yeah. If you want to understand what actually happened, go to Twitter. Don't even bother with the Mercury News article. Because at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, like there was there was the race issue, which is abundantly clear and at the forefront right now. But there was also issues about sexual assault. Like I know, point where it was like I couldn't even recognize this as the school that I went to. The stories and the stories and the stories. And now, and now that I'm going back, I can kind of, I can kind of remember certain instances where social issues, like a, a girl was having an issue that was personal. And yeah. they just mismanaged the whole thing. They're I can't protecting themselves. I remember one in my head for sure. But the yeah. the depth of the sexual assault claims that were being let out there, that was that was especially troubling, I'll say too. Was there a time when you feel like can you point to one incident where you feel like they mismanaged it on the whole total you don't have to like if you don't want to name names, it's fine, but like can you yeah. point to one we incident? Should name names. Like, we should yeah, name we won't name but I'll say you I'll say you this. Um one girl believed that she was pregnant. Um, she told a counselor. The counselor pretty much went and told everybody she could of trying to figure out how to handle this situation instead of keeping it in house. Like faculty were coming up to her that weren't even her counselor talking about her pregnancy. Dude, that would make someone commit suicide. Oh my god! In, in high school, so, in high school, that would make someone commit suicide. And so she's going through that, and then they're fixed the situation was to, you know, kindly ask her to leave. Yeah, that, that's just that's like the most we had, we had people in, um, I, yeah, you can all put this on phallus because at the, as the dean of students, you're at the head of helm of all of this. So we can put it at his doorstep. Um, she, she wasn't the same. She wasn't the same when everybody knew that secret. Even I knew that secret. That's the that's what we're getting at. Like, mm-hmm. so she was finally asked to leave, and she actually went to another school. I never, I don't even know what happened to the girl. Like, that's the kind of um, stuff that I remember vividly. And then there are other instances with myself, of course. But just you know, if you are not one of their, dare I say, selected few, 
Mm. You're very, donators. Donators, yeah. You're yeah, very donators. Much, you're very much capable of falling through the cracks. Mm. And then in some instances, they'll go ahead and give you a kind little push. Or a little curb stomp you through. Yeah, that's how their actions came mm-hmm. came across. Now that I can reflect on on everything that uh, I experienced at MIDI. Yeah, I, I just want to get into one thing. I um, because I was had this conversation with Mike. He can't join us right now, but he's he's one half of the other podcast. He's my friend from college, Mike. Mike. Um, but he wrote this like four page letter and he posted on Instagram about how some of the things he used to hear going through school and high school. Middle school and high school, mm-hmm. he thought wasn't racist. He now he realizes it was kind of like fucked up to hear. Like, so what are some of the things that were said to you when you were younger that you didn't comprehend as racism at the time? Like, what do you did not like? What are some of the things that you look back and you didn't know, but like I, now, like seeing the current situation, seeing what's going on, you're you're kind of thinking that it probably wasn't the best thing to hear at that time. From Mitty? Yes. Mm. You wanna you wanna go? I I I got one. Um. I think more than anything, it was the language they used, and I and now I chalk that up to somewhat to youthful ignorance. Now that I've worked with mm. kids, especially mm. of a certain age, I understand that you're a sponge to the mm. highest degree when you hit like that 15, 16. And if you expose yourself mm. to the improper stuff out there, you're gonna you're gonna take it in and sprout it back out. Um, so definitely just to go back to Africa as a joke. Mm. Um, and words from mm. from stuff like that. Um, but the I tell you what, the the most annoying thing was mm-hmm. kind of like how because I was an athlete and because I was black, yeah, it was like a shocker that I knew my stuff. Mm. Like teachers would be like, "Wow, wow Eddie, that's crazy." Yeah, you the Carlton treatment, like. Yeah, it's just like you didn't think. I mean, you never said that to Susie Q. Like she just gave the answer. You were like, "Good." When I say like, "Wow, good," like, mm. it, like it felt kind of condescending. Like it was just like different points, you know. Like even I remember giving a presentation, and it was right. just like after I gave my part of the presentation, she was just like, "Man, I can't even believe that he came like that." Like something. No, who's the teacher? Who's the teacher? Like, Doc's that teacher. I think it was Monson. I think it was Monson. Monson? But I've never like, seen her on Twitter. She, but you know, she had some things, but she was she was only problematic because she favored the athletes. Like if you if you were a girl going through some, Monson didn't have no love for you, bro. Monson didn't have <laughs> like that was not that was not finna happen. Like I was a I was a hooper, and so to a degree, like it was like yeah, just understand. Like I can study. I don't just dribble a basketball. You know, like. And to add something to bring to the table, but mm-hmm. a lot of times when I try to contribute, it was saying like, "Yeah, that's cute, Eddie. Go on, uh, yeah, that's cool, that's cool." Mm. You know, so it was just a weird, it was just a weirdness. So the language that was being used, uh, second class like in the classroom, basically. Pretty much, pretty much, like that poor kid is pretty bright. That poor kid is pretty bright. Mm. And I'm like middle class, you know. That was the other thing. I'm middle class, but you're looking at me as like I'm some poor ass kid just because I'm black. Like it was it was a weird dynamic to be going through. Like everybody wants to see, oh yeah, is that hood enough for you, Eddie? I'm like, bruh, I don't Jesus Christ. I don't I don't know. Like I listen to hip hop. I do this. Like, oh that was the other thing. And I think Don found mm-hmm. on this more than I can. Hmm. When I when I showed my intellect, 
oh man, Eddie's not as black as a mother dude's. Like Eddie's like a different kind of black. He's like he's some. Uh, he's not real. But you know, it's like what does that even mean? And I know because just being me and Alan have been going to school together since what uh, seventh, seventh grade. Uh, seventh grade, yeah. Like we we've had these conversations before and stuff like with that. Kyle. Remember Kyle? He went up to us when we were playing basketball in middle school, and he's like. Can I play with you guys, or is it only for black people? Oh, Jesus <laughs> and it was like, fuck. And, and we're like, no, that's not. It's like, ah, it was like, didn't even Why want to start having that up? conversation. Yeah. yeah. But uh, to kind of to kind of piggyback off of you know just some things experienced at MIDI that you know what it was like. Um, I had a weird one where a lot of teachers don't stand up to defend racial issues when they happen, even if they're very clearly hearing them. Um, one of my worst examples I had, which frustrates me the most, was a student in uh, in my physics class, senior year of high school. Mm. Um, my teacher, Mr. I think his name was McAdams, he would uh, he would always say who got the highest scores on the test. And I had like, been working my butt all semester to get up from like a C to like I finally got good grades towards the end. And I'm in the class and he announces my grade and a student says, Oh, you only got that grade because you're totally whitewashed. And so then oh, I'm like, fuck. yeah, he said that. He said like he was associating my good grade to be being whitewashed in nature. And so when I got mad, I actually stood up in my chair and I kind of cussed a little bit. I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? And then he looks at me and says, that's your black side. And this was like said out loud. This was said out loud in class, in physics class. Every student heard it. Teacher heard it. The teacher was like looking around. I got like red in the face because I didn't know what to do. Because if I got angry, that was my quote black side. And if I defended myself with my good grade, that was my white side. And Mr. McAdams response was to do nothing. No one got talked to. I wasn't checked on about this. It was just like we just moved on with class. And I'm just thinking like this is a stellar example of how to not handle a racial a racial issue. That was like a yeah. wonderful teachable moment. You know, he could have explained that this is totally unacceptable. No, but he's part like, of the problem. Well, yeah, he's 100% part of the problem. Because if you have mm. teachers who aren't taught how to have conversations about race when they come up, then they're actually just, they're, they're enabling race problems to happen. They're just That's why they don't, Are they they're hiring just, racist teachers? Down. They don't even bother to learn. If I if I had right. to if I had to to answer that question, Shrank, like yeah, are they hiring racist teachers or is it like these teachers need to be taught about like because that's the thing if they need to be taught then like they're already ignorant then they shouldn't be hired in the first place, right? Because you know, I, oh go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And Don, I was gonna ask you, were you the only black person in the class and when that incident happened? Um, there might have been one other half person like me, uh. I can't remember there being too many black folks in that yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, just that MIDI in general. Yeah, in general. yeah in MIDI in general, there might have been like, you know, like 2% of the entire population. <laughs> like 3%. 12, yeah. less than 12 across all four grades, less than 12, 20, 30. Oh my, yeah. Uh, probably around 12, that sounds about right. I could count, I could like, so you had you, Rochelle, Ashley, so maybe like, in our grade alone, in our grade alone, maybe about nine to twelve, I want to say. But honestly, that was like the last class I remember because I remember going to the. I used to go. I could still go, but I used to go to the um, AFU mm. LAFU speaking engagements. 
um, to kind of talk to the both the graduating classes and, and just give my my purview. And that was the that was the G version. So I gave him a game, but I couldn't give him all the game. Um, I would say for the most part, like if it wasn't Alan and I in a class, which is rarely ever, like you're mm-hmm. guaranteed to pretty much have either one or at the most two. It was never like three or four, even like yeah, nothing yeah. too crazy. In one. That sounds I, I think, about right. I think some of the things I heard when I was in school, and I'm gonna pivot off this in a moment, um, was you talk white, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be other people, like, I don't like it, I didn't appreciate when other, like, when non-black people try to define your blackness. And yeah. I think because you're, like, one of the only person at school, yeah, I think a lot of the culture was, like, oh, we're gonna define that for you because you're in the minority, so, like, whatever I picture I have in your head, yeah. I'm gonna shift that for you. And I think I experienced a lot of that language back in that time period. I also like, mm-hmm. even though like we're all kids, like you said, Eddie, like we we joke, we joke. Sometimes you say we all say we're all gonna say something stupid, like we're all gonna say mm-hmm. something tone deaf. But like I never mm-hmm. got the connection between like monkeys and apes and black people until I went to middle until like I heard those yeah. Like, oh, wow. yeah. animal jokes. Wow. I never got that at my middle school. I never got that at my elementary school. I only got it at midi. I only got those connections. Wow. Me. And to speak to that, it's funny because I don't I don't know if it was the same. For I think Alan and I think we're all in the same boat. When I went to MIDI, that was like the first time I had been at an elongated period of time where I was like a real deal minority. Mm. Like even when you go to a California school, a California public school, and I grew up in Virginia right. before I came here. So I had like 15 to 20 black kids, 10 white kids, maybe five mm. Asian kids. That was the outlet of that was the outlook of my my uh, elementary school experience. Then I right. came to California. Holy shit, that's night to, and day. Yeah, I went to I was I'm telling you, I went to uh, public school in California, sixth grade, and so that's when I was with a lot of Mexican people, a lot of mm-hmm. black people still, and but it wasn't like we were the majority. Like it was just kind of flipped. Like there'd be twenty Mexican, ten black, uh, maybe seven white. You know, that was just the makeup of it. Was mm-hmm. a, it was by um, what's that? Pain. It was by Pain. Pain Elementary, and so Mitty was the first place where like I had actually heard from somebody that I was the first black student they had ever gone to gone to a class with. Like that was crazy. Wow. And then to go to to those to what you're what you're talking about, like bro, we were getting like the monkey jokes, freshman orientation, like. That's what it's crazy how you brought that up because like no. yeah that was the first time like going to MIDI was almost the first time that I had been like even at St. Lawrence though you know I had Allen but it was like yeah. I think yeah. such a small tight knit group yeah that we were like it was a thirty kid class and it was one grade mm-hmm. so and the, they went and yeah so it was like I don't think the racism. Um, hit me as hard as it did until I actually got to high school. Yeah, it it was a definitely a culture shock because I went to um I think I went to a Title One uh, middle school where it was mostly like, you know, there's gangs. There was uh you can't wear certain colors to school. Oh, mostly, yeah, open gym, you can't yeah, wear red and blue yeah, type. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Vietnamese, um and yeah, there's still there's and there's a lot more, you know, there's a lot more black people. They're, they're still in a little a little bit of the minority, but it was mostly ethnic when whites were in the minority in that school. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. a lot of the culture shift, there was a there was a definitely a big culture shift to, to going to a school, and I wasn't I feel like, I feel like I wasn't really prepared to handle that um, on a social economic level. Like so like when you're seeing kids with more money than you, when you're seeing you're going to school, and you know just so so many things are different at that time. Right. I just think that there was one incident, and I'm probably, I'm probably gonna drop the name because I really don't respect it. I think um, a lot of students can realize their advantage in numbers and try to get some, try to try to like run some things by you. I was, uh, I think freshman year, I was running a track practice. I was running late. Um, either that or it was like basketball conditioning, whatever it was. I think Mitch Gravel was like, Josie, what do you call um, Indians and Middle Easterns? And I was like, oh, this is good. I already knew what to expect, but like I wasn't prepared. And I was like, like what do you call them? Sand N words with the ER with the hard ER. Yeah, dude, like, that was crazy. You know, you know really? you and you like yeah. you try to get them to laugh, and he was kind of like looking at me like, "Why aren't you laughing?" Type thing, and I was like horrified, but I didn't know how to handle it because we didn't receive any training on handling that situation. Like oh, freshman, full joke. Like we didn't receive any like racial bias training on yeah. how to go about who to report. You're just thrown feet first into the fire. Yeah, pretty much. So was like, yeah, I was horrified as kids. But I was just like I didn't know I didn't know how to even handle that situation. So I was just like, who this? Who, like, where was this kid raised? Like, who, right. who parents? Like, where is he from? You know, yeah. like, there's a lot right. of things that like, so many were, questions. So many questions. So many things that they missed. But um, I don't know what's wrong if you have to add to this. But uh, uh, I'm adding by listening, honestly. At what age did you guys? realize that racism was a real issue in the U.S. Like, at what age, I think, and I, I just let, have you guys go first, and I'll, I'll, I'll come in and add my own. Uh, whoever wants to go first, they can. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, for, for me personally, so racism has not really, what's the word? Like, anti-Indian, anti-brown racism, I should say, specifically. Mm. Like, curry jokes, like, getting mm. called slumdog. Yeah. Like, those shit's that stuff doesn't really, like, that never, like, influenced my life in a way that, like, subtracted some sort of, like, political yeah. or economic right or, like, social standing mm. or any sort of punishment. It's, like, something, like, you just brush off. It. There's no sort of, like, legacy behind it. Like, when you say Slumdog, you're really referencing Slumdog Millionaire, which, you know, right. it's kind of a compliment. When you when you reference curry, it's a freaking food. Like, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, <laughs> it's, it's not something that references, like, 400 years of oppression, yeah. murder, you know. Yeah. Any, anything that um, of that note. So mm. for me, racism didn't really become real until like my senior year of high school mm. when uh, Trayvon Martin um, was shot. Oh yeah. Because, uh, I remember it was the it was fe- it was February of 2012. I was like a couple months from graduation, and I remember this guy was like around 17, and mm-hmm. I was just like a year or two older, and I was just like, oh, like like anyone can be just walking with. Like, anyone can just be walking with a hoodie, you know? So, it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I came to L.A., because, okay, when you're in the South Bay area, um, when you're an Indian, when you're an Indian... So, most of the Asian uh, population in the South Bay area, they're the uh, the kids that you see at school. They're the children of immigrants, right? And the immigrants mm-hmm. that you see are the lucky ones. They're, like, the 0.01% that managed to make it out. So, all you get to see, really, are the success stories. You don't see all the families that didn't get into school, that didn't mm. manage to make the grade, that didn't have the resources to, you know, do whatever and have that, enjoy that social mobility. They're still stuck mm. on the other side of the ocean, right? Mm. So, right. Um, so, you know... So limited. They, um, 
they um what's the word their priorities are you know just to you know go in and get get into school and so when they come here to work in tech this whole area has been like completely gentrified out so you already start out in this bubble of like what life is like at the top and you don't understand what's going on around you and then when i moved to la for school and you get to see what an actual city like what a, what a big city is like what um a typical american population is right, like, right. how land segregated it is how right. the incoming quality mm-hmm. like, you, drive, you drive down um i forget what's the word uh, what the street is western there's this uh street in la winchester not winchester sorry that's in the bay area um western yeah western mm-hmm. la uh-huh. it's, it's, it's um you you'll go from the east side and you'll be in poor latino neighborhoods and then you just go all the way down here at ucla and brentwood so wow. it's yeah. uh it's a big shift yeah big shift so that was the real eye-opening moment for me mm. i think going off that i'm just gonna chime in here i really i realized racism was a big issue in the u.s when trayvon martin got killed i think i was turning 18 so kind of coming into age i was about to leave high school um mm-hmm. and then i heard the news and then I looked at the, you know, I was, and then by that time I was kind of used to being like suspected of, like, I was kind of like, I under, I, I understood where Trayvon was coming from with him being suspected. Like by that time I kind of, you know, when you're kind of socially programmed into like realizing mm-hmm. that, okay, you yeah, know, kind of, you might be a threat. And so yeah. like, I was really like sad about that case. And I remember there was um, like a little town hall meeting after school at Midi, they were having it in a chapel. And I was kind of pissed about that. I was like, well, this is a huge race issue. Y'all should have, like, a whole assembly about this and, like, have people talking about this issue. But mm-hmm. just coming from that, um, I know there was one time this faculty member made a joke about it to me. Wow. Really? Yes. So faculty member. He was a Latino faculty member, and he was, like, part of the IT. I think he was an IT, okay. was an IT manager, whoever it was. Um made a joke about this yeah because oh, i was working and then I, he's like oh make sure you don't put the hood up when you're walking because you might get shot type thing and i was like i looked at him horrified again that same look and he was like make sure you got wow. skills too. Like, like, he to add the joke to make it more dramatic and i looked yeah. at him kind of like no this is not like who's teaching like he, y'all didn't have a discussion about this like they don't have discussion among faculty members about issues that are going on like right like, live in that bubble breathe in that bubble and only right. see around that bubble. Like, they don't really right. talk about what's mm-hmm. going on. And so when that guy made a joke, he's like an adult adult. Like, I'm 18, but at the same time, I still have the mind of, I feel like I still have the mind of a kid. So when you're looking right. at an adult, like, trivialize, some, trivialize something I'm legal, that literally kind of broke my view of the school a little bit. And I kept kind of, sh- like, I was like, oh, so the faculty don't get it. Mm. I know Mr. Walker was understanding what was going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Some of the faculty mm-hmm. get the message. So I was just like, this is some crazy, like, that was, like... Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's I, awful, man. I would say, like, that's that's crazy. I can't, yeah, I gotta process that for a little bit. Um, because for me, I think it was when Obama won mm. um, his first term. Ooh. I was I was a sophomore. We were I think, freshman, Chidozy. Yeah, you were yeah. a sophomore. We yeah, were freshman, Yeah, so, and... I was thinking, because, I mean, I was big into mm-hmm. politics even back then. I was big into U.S. history. I just liked history. Social studies was my strength in school. So I just kept up on politics. And then I remember being in the library looking up articles, and then you hear about, oh, yeah, protests 
near the White House. I'm like, why are people protesting? I didn't guess. I look it up. I start looking up. Let's start looking at the photos. And then I start seeing, like, yo, they got pictures of the first black president as a monkey. They got one dude had, like, him on a noose, just, mm. like, burning and stuff like that. Like, if you look it up, you can then, and it was, it was just, like, it was to myself. It wasn't like I was, mm-hmm. hey, I was just in the library. You know, the library is ducked off doing work, and I just came across it. Hey, that was the first time I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, that's like, we heard about lynching, like, way back then. That, that's like, they really, really hate you. That's like, they want to kill you. Like, wait, what? What's going on? And then right. I think a girl had came in uh, dressed like Sarah Palin. And I was just like, huh? Like, y'all think he's a, a good leader, this this John McCain dude? And then it was just like, no, we just can't have a guy like that running the country. And they never, and it was all parroted behavior, speech. But I'm like, it's that coded language. Like that? It's that coded yeah, language. They, yeah, say, it's that they say language. everything but what they want to say. Exactly. And so that was my first, like, you can be the dopest. You can be president, and nothing outside of your control is going to be how people view you. That was like, that was it for me. I was like, okay. And then, you know, yes. And my dad had always kind of put history in front of me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you have, my dad put a lot of African history um, in front of me with regards to like people like Patrice Lumumba and, and other mm-hmm. guys who were political actors back in, in Africa who kind of led them to what, what they are name? today. Patrice Lumumba. Patrice Lumumba. And so I had always mm-hmm. known about racism, but to have it like really check you in a sense, that was yeah. the that was the first time. Mm. Yeah. Um I guess for me the one of the first times was uh right at the end of elementary school. I was in like fifth and sixth grade. And uh, and uh, I used to live in a not so nice neighborhood, uh, and a lot of the students and stuff that would go to schools. There's a lot of fights, a lot of initiation kind of things going on, and I was fortunate that my family could kind of get me out of there. But I remember because um, be- me being half black, half white has always been a problem. I've never been like totally black enough for full black acceptance and never mm-hmm. white enough for full white acceptance. So it's like, uh, it's like, you know, a lot of people kind of, you know, any anger they've had towards their own identity, they can, they feel comfortable uh, sharing that with me about my identity, um, which was kind of, you know, frustrating. I think my sister got it a lot worse. She was also, you know, a, a woman. So like woman of mixed color, she's got, I would say she got a lot more, difficulty with students treating her really poorly really cruel stuff growing up yeah um was she older or but younger? uh uh she's my older sister but she's she's tough so she's come up great with some go really game. creative ways great go yeah not with the games bro yeah None so she's come up ever. with some she's come up with some really good ways to kind of you know put racist people in their place like quickly um one common thing for my sister is a lot of um, oftentimes non-black people, non-black women like to ask, and it can be complete strangers, like to ask if they can touch my sister's hair. Mm. And, uh, this happens all the time. It's like, it's ridiculous. And so 
my sister's come up with a really good phrase now that works uh, to make them really embarrassed very quickly. And I encourage you to share it with your other family members that oh, are female, that have women, that have hair of being a person of color. My sister mm. just says, no, you cannot pet me. Oh, hard. And then immediately they're like, oh, shit. No, yeah, I, I don't mean it like, you know, yeah. and then their face turns red. And then they realize, like, <laughs> well, literally, they're, they're Damn, yeah, my sister's point. good. What's great about it class. is the, the big problem with all of that comes down to, you know, the exoticness, being treated mm. like a zoo pet, you know, how mm. someone would act like, oh, can I pet the lamb? Right. Oh, yeah, you can pet the lamb here. It's my zoo animal. It's in the, it's a petting zoo. Come on in. And then there's this like this happens with folks that, you know, they don't have a lot of exposure or family or friends yeah. of a culture, they'll treat them almost like a zoo exhibit. And it's really unacceptable. Mm-hmm. I witnessed that in uh, Santa Monica College when I was uh, I was taking French um, yeah. in 2016, except so it was a girl from uh, Temecula Canyon. It's like a it's like a wealthy neighborhood in Los Angeles, primarily uh, rich and white. And um, uh-huh. she didn't, and they were sitting next to each other, and she didn't even ask. She just like she just like, I like your hair, and she like pulled it, and then the, uh, the woman recoiled in like disgust. Wow. And, and the girl who pet her was just uh, like completely oblivious. Like she like yep. she recoiled back as if like she had done something wrong right which you know but i think that goes to the bigger theme like a lot of times we are the victims of their ignorance Mm. like point blank period however if you're if you're non-white however it comes you will be the victim of their ignorance and i think Mm. like definitely in classes like we've talked about um the teachers was where it got a bit ridiculous though right Teachers, mm-hmm. I, I put the story. I had a teacher. I looked at me. This is I'll never forget, bro. He looked at me and he had a smirk on his face, and he was like, oh, "Yeah, man. this side is gonna." And I think Alan, I think you're in my class. I Which think one? You're in my class, what? U.S. History, when we had to argue the was it Hicks? No, uh, it yes, it was. We had to argue for slavery. I had to argue for slavery. Yeah. He right? chose you, right? He chose yeah, you to do that. Yeah, he, I was on one side. He knew what side I was on. He knew what side I was on. Like when he when he tallied up the room, it was, it was like, oh, okay. No, I wasn't. I forget. I think it was. It might have been Van Valkenburg. Van Valkenburg. Curry. Curry. Maybe that was his name. I think that oh, was his name. Um, like now, my teacher. Yeah, and I and I'm telling you, I I. I think there was another girl in there who was half black, and it was Alan. And um, I just remember, bro, like I gotta do this for the grade. That's what I remember. Like I'm not in a position where I'm here to screw around. This is junior year. I gotta get mm-hmm. to it. But it's that that kind of stuff sticks with you because, and I'll tell you what I remember. This dude, Alan, at the last question he asked me. And I was like the person who had to speak up for the group. He asked me, "Is was slavery was slavery uh was slavery good or was it?" And you gonna ask like, "Come on, you already know you won. You already know I I'm gonna go far to get this dub. I'm not gonna go that far. Like, yeah, you ain't getting me to do that. But it's just like that insensitivity right there is, I think, the type of tool that a lot of teachers out here had in their arsenal. Like, 
they were they just didn't care. Like I never I had a, a football coach say you, you um Hannigan. Hannigan. I'm playing they're playing oh. rap music. They're playing rap music in the locker room. And I just talked about this on ESPN with uh Clemson. He wanna talk like, oh, you guys can't be playing this nigga nigga this music, nigga nigga that music. Mm. He's saying it and I'm like, mm-hmm. you are my coach, like there'd be a problem right now. Like there'd be a real problem. This is like we're a week this is like CCS playoffs. Like after that, but I'll tell you right, after that I never respected him anymore. Uh-huh. Like he said one thing to me and it went right out the other ear. So like the that's when we talk about racism really hitting you. Mm. Like, yeah, high school, high school, high school, high school, Archbishop Mitty. <laughs> so much fucking Archbishop Mitty. Yeah, that's that's when mm-hmm. I found out like the they gonna look at you a different way. You can I didn't have problems with anybody. I tried yeah. not to specifically. Uh, I tried to be the best I could on the on the court in the class wherever I was. And then there was always that slight little sum somebody said, and it just like, bro, what is this? Because we're back they to school. Like, felt you. like they could just slip it by you. They felt like they yeah. could trust you, and you wouldn't do anything about it. Yeah. Hey, Eddie, can yeah. I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, earlier you said uh, the insensitivity of when um, that teacher asked you, "Is slavery good?" Like, do you think that? Do you say that's insensitivity, or do you think that's just straight up racism, and like oh. those people are just straight up racist? No, like, yeah. Is I, there a question of ignorance, or is there a question of like? So I, I deliberate, I say, deliberate, you know, I deliberate malice, deliberate malice. There's a certain point in your life where if you don't check your ignorance, it is <laughs> racist, and that's where I am with that teacher, mm. like. People, and this is just my opinion when I say this, I think people are of the mindset that deliberate acts of racism are what make you a racist. And it's like, we've been taught a racist manner to view ourselves. So if you don't outcoach yourself in some of these instances, you've already subscribed to them. Even black people look down upon black people. Uh, you know, it, it goes across the board. That's how racism works. Right. Uh, so with that teacher right there and just his insensitivity to black people as whole, if you there's no way if I was <laughs> like bro, like there's no way if why is that even was, a discussion point? Bro, that's what I'm saying. There's why is no that even way. Like a, you're not teaching anybody anything from that. Come on, man. Come on. It was it was it was crap, but you know what? It was like I talked about with a, a lot of people when we had these discussions. It wasn't my job, you know. I wasn't young enough to be looking out for myself like that. I just got it. I was, I was ignorant to the fact that I'm out here being embarrassed just because, you know, for the longest time it was books, hoops, like sleep, books, hoops, sleep. Mm. Somebody, mm-hmm. if somebody disrespects, you know, they say, oh, don't worry about it. Right. I had a, I didn't have a teammate call me the N word. I whoop his ass. I get suspended a game. He gets suspended a game. And we don't even talk about it after that. But yeah. I still gotta look at this dude like a teammate. But we had we didn't have any conversation. Like they didn't sit up me and that other teammate down together. We just had to go on like we had kumbaya moments that nobody else knew about, you know. Mm. And at the end of the day, you just get lost. Like they just lose. You just get lost in it. You just get lost in it because they don't they don't understand how their actions. They've never been coached up on how their actions 
truly affect somebody that doesn't look like them. They never just, had. They've never. I did, yeah. I did, it's total BS when you take these, you take a lot of these kids, you take, you claim to like they're say, okay, we're all made in the image and likeness of God, but you don't spread that culture around the, the mm-hmm. like, what are you, what are we paying so much money for? Because even if you're on scholarship, the parents are still paying out the ass, regardless. Like, my right. I'll be honest, Mitty's probably, Mitty's probably prepared us the best. Like, here's why I think Mitty actually prepared yeah. us the best. The reason why I think they prepare us the best than any other school is the reality is the life that we live in is racist and unfair. And Mitty did a great job at including that culture in their lessons. They help teach us through example. Look at them. They Jeez care about us. Yeah, man. That's true. Yeah, I learned a lot of Because, like, life. all I learned about, like, I, I recently got to speak at a career symposium for Mitty, and uh, they asked a question that I was surprised that they asked. I'm like, are you sure you want my answer to this? The question was about, is high school, you know, is, uh, is college still worth it? Do people need to go to college to do creative mm-hmm. jobs? And I said, honestly, college is just a great way of teaching you how to deal with a lot of bullshit. It's a great, <laughs> you know, you're going to, no matter how, whenever you graduate, you're going to have to work in some job that has a lot of bullshit, but you still have to navigate through it. Yeah. You can't yeah. just quit. 100. So college is great for that. And then now I'll say it here. Mitty was great for that. Yeah. 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 Mitty was definitely a testing grounds for Especially at the point where, look, I'll, I'll get to the, um, I think the worst place it was rampant, though, was the discipline. Um, yeah. How, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. How they again? We know the we know the actors. We don't need to so like we know who's doing drugs and who's doing what. And then you turn around and your buddy is getting tossed out because they think he stole a book. That was my situation. We had a girl in a, a grade older than me, right? Mm-hmm. They had put pictures of the lingerie party they had as minors. Teenagers. Teenagers. (laughs) Yikes. They blurred the face out of the kids, of course, to get try and get away with it. Nobody, you know, they got a slap on the wrist, attention, whoop de whoop. I had a friend, a girl told them they stole a book. That was grounds enough for them to dismiss him for stealing. Uh, I remember David Ando. Yeah, he was yeah, I like that kid. I remember David. That's exactly why he wasn't at Mitty. Really? A girl went and told them that, yo, he stole my book. He won't give it back. And they had tried to get us on stealing something my sophomore year. But it turned out. Yeah. You, so, have to, you have to let people know what they're getting into, especially. So it's literally the feds, basically. Pretty like much. Yeah. Shit. But yeah, Phallus, Phallus, it, wasn't, it was like he'll get you to say something that he wants to hear. Mm. That's how Fallis uh-huh. operates. If you yeah. if you a kid, he's out there interrogating you, reading your cell phone messages, looking in your car. Where where else? And then they say, "Oh, because you came to our school, that's what gives us grounds to do such a thing." Yeah, you signed away your freedoms, your personal freedoms. You are right. now in. But then with the with the black and brown kids, that level of, of of detail to find out what they were doing was just word of ear. How did they try to pin pin a pin a pin that on you earlier? So what happened was uh, we go out. I think I had basketball conditioning. There was a pair of jeans and a cell phone 
laying down in the middle of the locker room. Uh-huh. I was like, damn, I had my stuff stolen. I'm like, bro, you're not you're not about to, to steal anything of mine. So like we just gotta dead that. We just gotta dead that. So I put his jeans and the cell phone in an unlocked locker. David David's with me. He's like, yo, this 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 cell phone ain't gonna go in that locker. At least put the jeans in there, but put the cell phone. Let's go to the dean's office. We'll put the cell phone in there. Go to the dean's office. They're like, yo, we don't hold on to cell phones. Just wait around and see if somebody comes back. I'm like, what? You don't hold on to cell phones. Just hold on to the cell phone. Okay. Why are they delegating it to you? <laughs> yeah. So, David takes the cell phone, right? And that already looks bad. But at this point, it's like 5.30. Everything's closed up. People are going home. Ain't nobody come to look for these jeans or nothing like that. It's like, yeah. I'm going to bring this. I told him, bring the cell phone back tomorrow. He made me the promise, and I did at that. David goes home. The cell phone had GPS tracking on it. The mom gets the cell phone. Like she, the mom of the kid who their cell phone was travels all the way to David's house. From what I was told, she cuts David out in front of his mom, his dad, his little brother, all that extra business. Right? Got the cell phone back. Next day, or I think right after, she sent a phone call to Fallis saying these kids took my took my son's phone, and he can't yeah, find no. it and whatnot. And so I come in early morning to, and I'm just like, bro, the jeans are right where I left them. That's dope. Hey, yo, I'm waiting on David. Before I could even say anything, he's running up to me like, bro, it's all bad. I'm like, what do you mean it's all bad? Nine o'clock. I'm sorry, the story is so long. No, keep going. Alice calls me in later on that day. Mm-hmm. When I tell you, I sat in that man's office for like two hours, him just questioning me, yeah, questioning me about his cell phone. Calls my folks like, yeah, Eddie's been accused of, of stealing. He didn't say cell phone. He said stealing things from the locker room. Which hunt begins? At that point, bro, I was on disciplinary probation. From then on until I left Midi, I every time I was late, it was Saturday detention. Oh, I couldn't, wow. bro. I couldn't even get. So I was cleaning up garbage, bro. I wasn't doing no more rinse. Yeah, I was cleaning up garbage junior year. So I'm saying, like, and then, in the back of my head, I'm popular. Right, so I'm seeing what the rest of my peers are doing at the same time, and it's just like, bro, y'all slipping on me for being late, but these people, they just have their mom come into the office, scream at you a little bit, and that's it. Dude, these kids in Los Gatos are like snorting coke and like <laughs> popping that bottles was, on a weekend. They yeah. are balling out, dude. They are at like Bootsy Bellows man. in LA, man. Like they are balling. No, I can't see it. Where? Seeing their face. Which kids are coming to school high? They wouldn't get in trouble. I knew which kids would walk into chemistry class high. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking high, high, like high as hell. My eyes red, listing. Let, let, let the Mexican kid with the black sweater, the Dickies, and the Cortezes come to school high. He's not going to make it past the dean's office. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's how it went. That's a shoot on site, actually. Yeah, that too. That too. That's just how yeah. it went back then, man. I think, I think, um, and I'll pivot to uh, I, that's that's terrible what happened to David, but I'll pivot mm-hmm. to. I hope he's doing well, but I, I, yeah, I'm gonna good, pivot. I'm gonna pivot to something else. I think that maybe a little bit uh, will shift the conversation, hopefully, and we can maybe make some changes. But what would what would be a solution to that? Because you can't have disparate. Uh, so I'm only disparate, but you can't have unequal type of punishment based on that. Just that's just pretty much racism. What you guys experience, right? right? right. Saying, oh, you're on disney probation. Meanwhile, the guy got his phone back. You said he right. didn't steal it. You should just that that situation should have already been ended. You right. have this whole they want alibi where you guys gave your stuff and make like, it right. worse. You shows what they think about you internally, but they're not gonna say it because they can use that Catholic name and that Catholic uh those Catholic teachings to cover it up. But that's straight up racist. It was confirmation bias. What they talk about. Pretty much, you had this preconceived notion about who I was. The facts, I, you took him as every you wanted to and just confirmed how you felt about me. Didn't even, didn't even give it any type of rational thought. Again, the kid had his cell phone. He had his jeans. Nothing. You guys went to the dean and showed them the cell phone. That's the part yeah. that blows my mind. You guys showed them the cell phone. Yes, and right. they told you, we don't carry cell phones. Like, that's stupid. All they had to do, you know, security has the key. All they got to do is open the open the door, put it in the drawer, and let it go. That that was. But we're just young. We don't think. You know, you don't think everything through. So you're just like, okay, you know what? It'll be cool because yeah. we know we're not stealing this. Like I already got, I already got my stuff. I'm cool. Like David, I got. It. He's cool. So, and that was it. That was that was it. And so I think if. If Mitty wants to start making suitable changes, I think a dean that honestly holds a hundred percent of the student body accountable mm. is a great place to start. With fair, and I know fair is where pigs go to get judged, but somewhat respectable stipulations on how these students should be moving and interacting. And how I another way that uh, another way that Mitty could start um, solving a lot of these deep racial problems is uh, for one maybe hiring a diversity and inclusion um, manager. You know, like a, a like someone whose job it is to kind of hire diverse folks mm-hmm. to be the teachers. Handle uh, race someone, relations. Yeah, because like honestly, they don't know how to. They clearly do not know how to have a conversation about race. So. You know, part of the solution is like, okay, recognize like, hey, we we don't know how to talk about race. Let's hire people that do and help them train our faculty and staff. Another thing is every teacher should be trained on uh, should should receive training. So like at my work, like when someone's bad at something and they screw up, we don't just condemn them and complain and like be like, you know, you're bad on you. We actually just set up classes. We train them on stuff that they might need help with. And like then they get better. Like they just have to practice, you know, if you've you've gone your whole life. Yeah. They need rehabilitation. If you've gone your whole life, never knowing how to talk about race and your family taught you some really racist ways of viewing people, but you don't even know that they're racist because it just seems normal. Well, then you just need training and the school should be providing that. Um, Last but not least, um, there needs to be like severe, uh, sorry, 
folks that are not in minorities need to speak up and support folks when racial things happen. So like we need more allyship, you know, that's the other part because they might not listen to a few black people who say they didn't steal something, but like five or 10 non-black people also saying they didn't steal it. All of a sudden that makes this, it makes it true, which is so fucked up. But those are some like really easy, actionable things. It's that, that can actually start the, to fix the problem and, and not just leave it hanging. Uh, Cause right now it's, it's not working. They need help. And I'm also down to forgive people if they actually try to learn and train uh, but right yeah. now. I'm not, I'm not even, I will not start to forgive people unless they try to fucking do something different. Right. They're not trying anything different right now. Last but not least, something that really frustrated me was Mitty made a response uh, uh, to all the racial stuff on Instagram and they had a quote in there saying the first step is for us to really start listening oh, and they fucking disabled the comments they don't want the smoke 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 i know they don't but the they thing don't. is like that made me so much more upset at them i will say like, this though Dude, i will say this though huh and i'm not that greg walker patsy morellas um uh-huh. mr rojo yeah. Those are the only three names I can honestly vouch for who cared about me being educated socially. But yeah, so if we say I just want to leave them out of the fray when we talk about you know the the midi the midi the midi uh collective. But yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Alan. Oh no worries. That was the kind of the main thing I was gonna say it was just that, um, you know, and just I I have a lot of hope for midi. Like there's a lot of smart people there. You know, teachers mm-hmm. and educators. Yeah. Like they actually, if anybody could change, literally Mitty could, you know, like yeah. they have the funding, they have the, the resources. Up. It's all just about, can they change their philosophy, their mindset? Can they, can they be a little bit more open-minded and can they, can they look inside of themselves and say, Hey, there's something not pretty in here. I think, I think what they need to do is because I really like what the input that you guys have and you guys shared they need to start tapping into their alumni base of color and saying, we need help. What can we do? And start reaching out, maybe through email, through phone, through text. Send the message. What can we do? What what can we create? I like the whole diversity and inclusion group. I, I also think that the student body needs to be more diverse. You don't need, you know, you don't need 70% white. You don't need, right. you know, 30%, uh, no, 25% Asian and then 5% black and brown you don't need right. that i right. just think that like you should hire you should get students that you feel are going to contribute um cool things into the school cool ideas and right. be open to that like right. you need to change that because i think what gives a lot of non-black brown students the edge over you psychologically is that they know that you're in the minority that you need the schooling you need that yeah. education and they feel like they have that advantage over you like they feel like okay since you're not big in numbers about like there's like 10 Mexican kids, 10 black kids overall in the school, they feel like they have some type of, type of psychological advantage and can act a certain way towards you. Meanwhile, right. they, we just need to hire, get more diversity into the student body. And we also should scrap that freshman orientation stuff. That's bullshit. We should make it. We should, we should have a tiered program where students are separated into small groups and learning about what the stuff 
going on in America. It really is. Learning about each other as well. These kids are not coming in with a divert, like knowing who is from where. Some kids are just born in the west side of San Jose and they stay there. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. their minds are filled up with a bunch of crap they see on TV and then they just spill it out to the kids that go to that school. And a lot of the times the parents of these kids or maybe even worse than the kids themselves. Absolutely. That's that's what I was going to get at too because I think the best thing they could do, one of the best Mm -hmm. things, they need to make that ethnic studies class a freshman year class. I think that kids need to understand the history of every race and ethnicity that has stepped foot in this soil that way they have an understanding of what is downright disrespectful and moving forward because you have this understanding, we don't expect this to be a problem. And if it is a problem, that's more on you than the steps that we've taken as an institution to not have that be a consistent thing. No excuses. Because I never, like the one thing I remember about Rojo's class, when I learned about the history of the Irish people Mm -hmm. and how they were compared to, to black people in the de- in the grading terms that they were back in the 1800s, right? That made me view them a bit differently than I originally did. And it's not to say that I hadn't met Irish people, but I just hadn't understood their struggle, right? right. If and I I pray I, I pray this is the case. If kids honestly had the opportunity to study slavery, the the her- the terrible things that were done to slaves. Then you go to Jim Crow, the terrible thing that were done. To, like if you talk to some people, their their grandparents were born during Jim Crow, right? Their grandparents lived. I think Alan, isn't your family from the South? Isn't your down your dad's side? Aren't they from the yep, South? Yep, like yep, that? yeah. My grandma remembers not being or being pushed to the back of the bus as That's a black woman. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Those those are the stories my that grandma. need to be told to these people. And right. So, if they start early, like you got to catch the kids early because a lot of the times, and I think it's, we're gonna go into our next segment. Like if you don't, if we don't check these these kids, there's no change being made. Like a lot of times, like the kids that would literally go through four years of midi doing what the fuck they want, not getting caught for weed, not getting caught for marijuana or not sorry, MDMA, whatever, whatever it is, yeah. stuff or or acting a certain way, then they're just gonna be the new adults that are just perpetuating this shit. So I think right. that like. Yep. Those people that were saying things, right, and got away with under that system, they could very well be still exhibiting those racist ideas, racist unknowingly, subconsciously. We need to like as 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 a a school, they need to show that these things can still be perpetuated in adulthood. Like as your experiences with faculty show, who knows what they're doing as teenagers? Right. Yeah. So that's a that's I'm a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. And then what happens when they go on to become adults? <sighs> Perpetuation. Lot, but there are changes that could be made because I think MIDI is a school with a lot of potential. Like no, I, I'm not gonna lie. I went to MIDI and and I was always thinking about going to Oak Grove. Like I always wanted to go to Oak Grove. Right. Yeah. That's so we're all on that side of town. All three of us grew up on that side of town. To go, yeah. Like, public school. Yeah. Like, friends go. Just so I can feel accepted, just so I can feel like okay, I'm with black and brown people. Like I'm, I'm like always so comfortable. But now I think about it. I think the other day I was looking at that school and I just realized yeah. like how 
you know, the lack of funding, the title, uh, the fact that it's a title one school, the fact that it's low performing, and the fact that I was yeah. admitted around, um, you know, just surrounded by a lot of people who were who had bright ideas. I was surrounded by you guys. I was surrounded you by a lot of money. Like, yeah, yeah. But, but I had a lot of resources, like especially with the plan of college, getting yeah, waivers. Yeah. That's the toughest part. The, That's the, the toughest right. part. Right, and then the community service. And, you know, even participating in sports at a time, I, I remember feeling like very valued. I remember feeling like um, learning great lessons. So I, I feel like right. that has a lot of potential. I have, right. have a lot to offer. It's just right. that there are some big things that get in the way of that school having a lot to offer people of color, especially. And it's just us cleaning up our own house. Is it? Like, this is what I think tells us if they truly, truly are listening. People will what give do you mean? Recommend, like, so because we, I, I think I speak for everyone when I say that we love what the, the opportunities that MIDI provided to us. And we love the school itself, MIDI, for allowing us to flourish the way we did. What we have absolutely no tolerance for were some of the actors who made it harder than it actually had to be. Um, that's because it's like, I don't think I go to Morehouse. If I don't go to Archbishop Midi High School, I don't mm. I don't get to mm. play basketball in front of like basketball is my number one love. Mm. I never thought I'd play in, in some of the gyms that I got to play in, like go places. And so wow. when we right. speak about how we want to see Midi change, I think for everybody it's from an aspect that we want to make it better for the students who are coming in who fit our profile. Right. We want them to still be able to flourish and enjoy all the privileges. We enjoyed some of the privileges, not all of the privileges. How do we get kids that look like us to enjoy more privileges than we did mm. when we were there? And I think that's why we are, we are the perfect group to to talk about this, because, you know, immigrant backgrounds and then backgrounds who aren't backgrounds that aren't attached to that whole Diocese of San Jose family. Like we definitely all came from the outside of that midi circle. You know, there's a midi circle in and families that have gone yeah. to be yeah, 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 their back. dad went to midi. Yeah. It's like the skull and bone society at that right. point. Like I'm pretty sure like I think no, Don, your parents went to midi. So you have a you have a good understanding of the school. But yeah, I can elaborate on that. Like, you know, we we, we for sure, you know, have issues with race in our school like we experienced stuff personally however it's so much better than what it was when my dad was at midi back right. in the 80s right. it's not even close uh give you i'll give you like i'll give you three examples uh they're all not they're totally not cool <laughs> um example one um my my mom and dad when they started dating at midi in high school they weren't yeah. able to show that so like they were they weren't able to hold hands in public without being harmed. Um, my mom was called my mom's white and she's got red hair and she was called sweetest woman in the world. She's so sweet. Love my mom to death. And she is super tough and super strong. But she had actual people at MIDI um, call her an N word lover when she was dating my dad. Jesus Christ. Jim that Crow. was. Yeah. That was like one of my mom's nicknames from her friends. 
and wow. some family members. Wow. And this is happening like, in San Jose. Like, this was happening yeah. at Midi, Archbishop Midi High School. Yeah. The you know the Catholic school, the one that has like you know all people are made in the image. Like, like God, God. That, that <laughs> um, same school, same school, the totally different philosophies. Just depends on the day and the era. Um, <laughs> another example, you know, like it's just like so. We were kind of talking about how I never had to fear holding hands with somebody that I was dating at Midi because they didn't have my same skin color. I never oh. feared of my life. And that's a clear example of how much better it, it has improved with time. So I think it's actually, it's, it's going to be so much better for the next generation and the next students that come into MIDI if they learn. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is them listening. I, man. And I think I'm going to, before we end, I'm going to say that one more uh, thing. I think what they really need to revise is the discipline. I think it needs to be more of, it needs to be more restorative. I think I feel like the discipline was too author- authoritative. Like kids are parents are <laughs> yeah. spending all this money to go to school. I know there's a no drug policy. I know there's you know there's a dressing policy. I know there's a no Afro policy. But sometimes you just got to revise the rules. Kids we got to talk about that though, right? Um, because yeah, we I, I gotta that, I, I gotta be I gotta be all the way honest with you. Uh-huh. The, the level of insensitivity that they give to cultural garbs and stuff of that sort. Mm. I was gonna say like, dress code. The the head scarves they they gave people out for the head scarf like they got it. and that's what I was reading on Twitter. Um and like we go to our team, like Twitter, if they go read Twitter, they'll have a far better understanding of what is actually going on in their school regard as past if they go on that 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 MIDI article. Mm. Um it's mm-hmm. yes, continue. I'm sorry. Um, no, I, I was just saying, like, they just need to re- redo how those rules are. It's not, it's, it's not a bad thing to change the rules. I know the rules have to be made. I know you have to enforce some sort of discipline, but it has to be constructive instead of just destroying a, a student's life. You can't just send a kid out into the send a kid out of your school. You know, if they you, trust that school to help them and get through through high school and eventually right. to college. You can't just mm. send them out and they have to redo everything all over again. Like, and you you can't send uh, a you know. You can't tell a student they can't have an afro, they can't wear a cultural garb because yeah. now that just denies their cultural heritage and you kind of just uh, downplaying where they're from. So right. at the same time, you got to recognize who that student is to bring out the best in that student. And if you're not doing that, they're not going to bring their best selves to the school like they right. want them to do. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. my, that's my thing. And I also have to redo that. To, like, like I said, keep going back to that discipline thing. You can't be that authoritative. With, with kids you can't just really kick kids out like that like you have to maybe have a tier pro, tiered process tier one okay i told you about the drugs this is yeah. an issue with the drugs yeah. what i'm gonna have you do you gotta sign this letter and then we're gonna have to submit to a drug test randomly for the next three months if you fail that that's tier two now this is probation tier three you get kicked right. out now right. tier two. now you have to community you have to do community service every saturday mm-hmm. you gotta go volunteer at this one homeless shelter or you gotta volunteer somewhere but it's just like you have to be able to mold a kid into being um, into be doing better. You can't just kick a kid out. That's, that's stupid. I, I've, stupid I've, yeah. I've seen countless stories of minority kids getting kicked out for the littlest offenses having to do with the drug policy. Meanwhile, I know white kids are the white kids are coming high class. I know hard, hard out. drugs. That was the biggest slap in the face every time. And I, well, I know stories of kids that are taking hard drugs, and I know that the, even the administration knows those stories as well because it, it travels around. They won't touch those kids. Yeah, yeah. we got the news, then they definitely know. Exactly. So I think what we're getting at is 
the curriculum has to prioritize mm. race as a study. Yeah, that's true. I think that's I think that's one thing we're looking at, and then discipline. When we're talking about justice reform and in the bigger sense, of course, what we are facing out here, if you take care of your yard, like Jadel has been talking about, and I don't just talk about like you quell the issues that will happen further on down the road. Right. The term I'd like to use is color considerate. Yeah. Like mm. Understanding, you know, the the histories of the people you're going to school with, you know. Right. So that would be nice. <laughs> and I, I think that the more satisfied, because I, I always like to say satisfied customers come back. The more we have happy people of color, the more we have happy black, brown, and Asian students coming from that school and be like, man, you should go to MIDI. MIDI is the best. MIDI is awesome. That means you have more alumni coming back. You more have you have more donors. You have more people willing to mentor the students that are already there. But a lot of times when I ran into, like, I think I ran into Leslie all the time, and I was talking about, yeah. You know, Remember Midi? It's like, man, I should have went to Oak Grove. Like, I don't want people, people like wishing they went to another school or saying, ah, oh, Midi, whatever, you know, like shaking their head. Right? right. You want satisfied people. You want satisfied students. You want students that went to that school left to be able to say, man, I went to Midi. You should go there. I, I, Oak Grove, don't even bother with that. Go to Midi here. I'll talk to this person for you. Like, you need that type of alumni base to come back and help the students that are already there. If you don't have that, then what do you have? You know, if you want to see MIDI change real quick, all you have to do is tweet all the feeder middle schools about the race issues. Mm. Oh, that's true. Hit them where That's where their money comes yeah, from. Because honestly, if, if their bank gets, like, hurt, then they're going to be like, oh, no, we'll change. Yeah. They have to fire Phallus. And honestly, I think that's I don't, an appropriate step. I, do, I, I think it's like, I think it's like the bare minimum, honestly. I, I, I think, and beyond that, I feel like, like, I don't share your guys' optimism. Like, I loved, mm-hmm. like, there were some experiences I did love, but mm-hmm. our tuition was, what, 12K, 13K yeah. a year? Right? Yeah, now. yeah 20, 24K now. Wow. Yeah, basically double. Double. price. Double. Yeah. Wait, is it 20? Yeah. Are you serious? Wow. You're basically paying public. You're basically paying, you're paying public prices. Wow. So you got this wow. increasing barrier to entry. And then you got this racist faculty from like the stories that you guys have just told me here and like the stories that I've personally like witnessed or like heard from like like our other black classmates like Paji or like Steven. Yeah. Like this is like not just like a few like teachers. This is just like a consistent trend in like their hiring process. Like they just hire like completely moron like for lack of better words, like complete idiots, right? Like, they hire a lot of who they like. Like yeah, Monson. Monson was a was a basketball player there. Before. They hire back. They hire back for me. They hire back, back for me. Yeah. And it perpetuates a itself. A lot of them, and they, it's the same. It's the same culture, like you just said, cycling itself. Same racist, yeah. Same they racist. just evolve, evolve and change their language. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I gotta do something to break that cycle. I yeah. I, I really think that. If they put a lot of thought into that process, they can really get something good out of it. But they really need to rethink the whole process about how, you know, even if you want alumni like to come back, you got to educate them. Like I say, the things that we were doing before, we can't do them anymore. Here's why. No, no. Hard. No. Channel out. 
Shruti and Ryan Chu have their work cut out for them. I'll say that. I wish I'll knock on wood for them. I wish them luck. Yeah. Uh, I, I also think it goes higher, like the principal, like and also the upper staff, like the archdiocese and stuff. Like think about how much control like they have. Like also the thing that blew my mind was did you guys see on Twitter like it wasn't just exposed MIDI. It was right. exposed presentation. It was exposed St. Francis High School. I don't know if Carmen got a hashtag, but like all these uh, primarily white, private, religious, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, bro, I'll tell you what's bad. It's not just them too. Like I got a cousin that goes to Los Gatos, bro. Yeah. This is it's the it's the area. It's the class. area. There is the class and race underbelly class. in this area. Something that we have to speak on. But yeah, how we can make it better for these kids right now. Um, and I'm with like hey, we got to get them old people who are ruining it for everybody. If you can't adapt, you got to go. So what's to Serene's talking about? Like we can't sit here and act like there aren't gonna be those people who are so hardened in their shoes we can't even change their yeah. mind. They'll probably right. call us like you know snowflake. That's what they do now. They call you snowflake. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. The it's just like bro. I could say I could take anything. You're you're the least of my problem. I'm not a snowflake. Yeah. Let's have. The, the come to whatever you want to call it meeting where the people can't adapt and we're still a part of MIDI, you got to go. You got to go. That, but this is, there needs to be diversity in the faculty off top. That too. There's, there's way, no, nah, you can't have. How many black teachers wait. did you guys have? I think there's, there's a couple, there's a couple black faculty people that I know about from like maybe the, the last time I went two years ago. Mm. Um, that was to say, it probably hasn't changed since we were there. I with regards to, you I maybe have zero. two. Yeah. You maybe have zero. two. You I had zero. I had zero. The only person, the only teacher of color that I uh, remember was uh, Mr. Rojo, and I didn't even get to enjoy a class with him. It was one week of uh, volunteerism in uh, uh, the Southwest ECJ Native America. Just a you know one of those volunteerism trips. You know you don't and do. That's what we're talking about. You just tour shit and take pictures. Mr. Rojo's class is yeah. one of the most vital courses in that entire school. Yeah. I have no problem saying that because of the profound impact that it had on me today. Right? Same. If that class, if you can't have that man who has been deep into community activism, the history of it, mm-hmm. UCLA, done the research, like a man who has put his life into educating people on ethnic studies. Yeah, you can't utilize that man in this moment. We're missing the entire point. That's yeah. what I will say. Right. They are they because he's he's honestly he's been the reason a lot of these minority kids have had mm-hmm. made him and Mr. Walker and Miss Morales. Those three, at least for me, I don't speak like I don't want to speak, but I know for me, I couldn't rely on any other teacher. I had to rely on those three. So I'm happy that right. they have those three at the helm, but they need people backing them, and they need to come reach out to us to understand how to move forward. It's facts. It's true. It's true. I think, uh, I think we're gonna cap it. I think that's a good way to end it. Um, obviously, I I wish I could continue and go on about how teachers were acting the fool for black and brown. <laughs> Discipline, how the discipline was wasn't administered uh, equally, 
But I mean, I think we just get the big picture that there's a lot of inequity in society that's reflected in many. And that's there's, yeah. there's no there's no BSing about that. There's there's yeah. no there's no going back on that. Yeah. But I think with right. this, I think with what we just did, what we just talked about, we can go further and and relay that to the middle faculty and say, here, this is what we talked about. What do you guys think? You guys say no, fine. Whatever. Forget mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But if you guys want to change things, then talk they to need us. to listen to this podcast. Right? Yeah. They need to listen to you three specifically. Yeah. Like what you guys just said today is the tip yeah, of the Talk to us. Like we're not going to tell you BS. We're going to tell you straight up. And if we say we don't want to do this, then it's fine. It's not a big deal. I have no stake in the school. I'm graduated. I'm right. Never gonna give a dollar. And that's the thing, cause Alan and I were in student government. I think Alan, you <laughs> did, you did how many years? I did one year, and then I did they're like three years. Yeah, yeah. So what? I was acting a fool. My one year I did, I was acting a fool. I can't even. <laughs> it was fun though. Sophomore year, man, I remember. Though. It was fun though. But yeah, I think that goes to show, like we've had passion for the school. Like, yeah. If they if they want to take us talking and to like to get the cat my fire like if they want to take us talking about how the school can be better as hate be down trying to take the terrible take mm. the school down like you can take it as that way but you're gonna miss the entire point. We're right. giving you what we believe is the information that you need to be better for your students. For sure. And that price needs to go down for tuition. Twenty three grand. That's San Jose. Man, State come on, much. man. That's crazy. Yeah, you ain't worth you that. Gotta, you gotta go to like, you like that. Because I, I, <laughs> I know that's fucking wild. Dude, you remember back in the day, if you guys got hurt, you wouldn't have to take science classes because it was wheelchair inaccessible. Yeah. Oh wow, you're right. <laughs> you all of that. That's so terrible. Oh my god! Wow, that's so man. terrible. But you're right. Yeah, if you got injured, it's like, oh yeah, I can't go to science. Why? Oh, he's no way up there. No way up the stairs. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man. But it's it's been great catching up with you guys. Uh, I really appreciate that you guys, you know, reached out to me. That's like surprising. I was like, I didn't know know what to expect. Like, when when you guys hit me up, and I was just like. No, anything for the homies, man. Yeah, we might be yep, far, yep. we might be far away, but we're yeah. always connected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, on that note, I'm just gonna cap it. Thanks, guys, for listening. To, it was pretty long. Uh, thanks for listening to Dozen in the Morning. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I, like I'm saying, I might we're not here to cause drama or anything. Just talk about some constructive things we can do, and just we just talked about our experiences, and we're trying to make it into something that can go further and actually enact change. We're all about change. We're all about solutions. If you have any questions, you can hit me up. Um, and you guys can add your Twitter. I'm going to let you guys add your Twitters and Instagrams and all that stuff. You guys, people want to follow you. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm old like that some way, somehow. So I'm just Eddie McChamu at Facebook. Um, anybody? Yeah, still, still the new boomer group, you know. <laughs> so anybody want to talk to me about the experiences they've had at MIDI um, or how we can all collectively um come up with a, a a helpful way for this to move forward you can find me there don awesome. what about you 
Uh, you can find me everywhere with the same name. It's D-O-N-A-L-L-E-N-I-I-I. Cool, cool. Instagram and Twitter, anything. Sweet, strong. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at uh, Slumdog Capital. I just tweet about investing in politics. Uh, a little shit posting here and there. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. If you have any questions about what I do or uh, my podcast. Um, I literally just, we just talk about anything, to, to be honest. Uh, depends on what's the flavor of the month or what, what's going on. Um, at Dozen Podcast, D-O-Z-I-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Again, Dozen Podcast, D-O-Z-I-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T on Instagram and Twitter. All right, guys. Um, see y'all. All right, bye, everybody. All right, man. <laughs>